0: I, I have a verse that I don't want to preach on today. I just want to start with it, and it's 1 Timothy 1, 5, and it, and it just says the goal of our instruction is that you would love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And so what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is how do we reconcile how we believe compared to what the Bible says right um, because I was raised in a culture where doctors medicine clinics are all a blessing of God and when I read what Jesus said we're supposed to be doing he never said go to a doctor a clinic or take a pill Jesus just said I want you to heal the sick I want you to cleanse the lepers I want you to raise the dead. I want you to get rid of their demons. I give you authority. I give you my power. And so I've been wrestling with that. Okay. I've been wrestling with the authentic call that God has on all of his children to replicate his life and ministry. Cause that's what being a Christian is all about. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be replicating the life and ministry of Jesus. If, if Jesus is the exact representation of the father, then if we're the body of christ we should be the exact representation of jesus can you guys all agree with that okay so i've really been wrestling you guys and i want to tell you how my conscience has evolved over the last basically the last 18 months because 18 months ago it's roughly 18 months ago the lord told me not to seek medical help for my hip he said trust me and so i said okay i didn't understand why he said that you know i was assuming when it got bad enough and i couldn't walk anymore i would just go have a doctor fix it and, it, and he said it before it got that bad and so i said okay well that started me on this journey of well then what if he doesn't fix it i mean but the more i dug into truth, the more I dug into truth, the more I started realizing, wait a minute, I'm giving I'm putting ifs and buts in a reality that Jesus doesn't have any. He doesn't have if. He doesn't have but he doesn't have maybe. He doesn't have what if. He has yes and amen. I mean and so last April uh brothers and sisters I got the vaccine, so, you know, nine months ago, whatever, I got the vaccine because I had a clear conscience that that was the right thing to do. But now, nine months later, I don't have a clear conscience to get booster shots because I don't think it's of God. Na't that something. Nine months ago, my conscience was clear. And the goal of the Bible is that we would love from a pure heart with a clear conscience if your conscience is clear then your faith is sincere and sincere faith pleases God are you guys with me come on if your conscience is clear between you and God then you have sincere faith and if you have sincere faith that's what pleases God and so here's here's my wrestle And I'm still wrestling. What was okay for me last April is no longer okay for me because I keep digging in truth. And the the more deeper you go into truth, it changes what your conscience being clear looks like. Isn't this exciting? Thank you for that thunderous silence, all of you. Thank you for that thunderous silence. So really today, I don't want to talk about, do we do, uh, okay, basically, everybody has options. And I know there's not one scripture in the Bible that says, don't go to a doctor. There are a couple of Old Testament passages that said when they went to doctors, they died instead of going to God. But there's no verse in the Bible that says, don't go to a doctor. And there's no verse in the Bible that says go to a doctor. I get it. I get that. But what we've been discussing the last six weeks is there are lots of verses that say we're supposed to be healing people. (laughs) And so that's that's our wrestle, okay? And so I don't wanna talk about whether you wanna take pills and go to doctors and get in the system that you're conformed in what they say you should be conformed in. I'm not, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about whether you want to get hypnotized or do some meditation. I don't want to talk about, do you want to pursue smoothies and juicing and herbs? And I I don't want to talk about your conscience is between you and God. Your job, is to wrestle truth so that your heart and his heart can lay down by each other at night and there's no condemnation. Man, that's a good statement, isn't it? I just feel like I heard from the Lord on that. Your job as a believer, as a Christian, is to wrestle truth so that your heart and his heart can lay down at night and you have no condemnation and you sleep well. That's your job as a Christian, okay? My job as what this, Papa, whatever I am, I don't know what I am, but my job is to provoke you and make it impossible for you to ignore truth. (laughs) That's my job. (laughs) My job is to make short-term enemies that turn into lifelong friends. That's my job. Are you guys with me? My job, my calling, my calling in itself is offensive. Because when God called me to wake up the church, well, He wouldn't have called me unless you were asleep. You get it? So my calling in itself is offensive, but God knew what needed to take place, and I'm still doing it because He told me. And life's in the voice. And so, this morning I just want to, I want to address truth. I want to. I just wrote these things down yesterday afternoon in the prayer room, and I'm going to just address truth. There won't be new stuff but it will be stuff that I'm gonna keep hammering and hammering and hammering until the bride of Christ starts walking in all the fullness that God's called us to walk in, okay? So number one, we have to reconcile and come to the reality that it's God's will to heal everyone, every time, all the time. If we don't come to that reality, we're never gonna be able to pray prayers of faith so i'm going to say it again we have to come to the reality and the belief foundation that it is god's will to heal everyone every time all the time if you don't believe that you will never believe that you have faith for it you will have hope or you will have A roulette mentality of maybe he will, maybe he won't, unless we really get to the place where we believe it's God's will. Okay? Number two, we will never be able to receive God's will personally unless we get the mindset and the belief foundation that he's already healed us. It's already done he's forgiven every person he's delivered every person he's he's rescued every person he's healed every person he's cleansed every person our job is to actually believe it and receive it as a gift our job is to receive it he's already done it you guys get it he's already done the work He's sitting down at the right hand of the Father, praying for us now. He's not healing anybody. He's not delivering anybody. He's not setting anybody free. He's not forgiving anybody. He already did it. He said it's finished. Now he's waiting for us to use the power he gave us to do so we could represent him and do what he gave us power to do. He wants us to lead people to repentance. He wants us to heal people. He wants us to deliver people. He's waiting on us and we're not waiting on him. I'm preaching good. I am, I'm not bragging. I'm preaching good. I want you to turn with me to a couple of verses in Isaiah 53. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I'm gonna read a couple, man, I wish you were here, Melissa, so I could get a cup of coffee from you. Isaiah 53, verses four and five. However, it was our sicknesses that he himself bore, yet we, uh, and our pains that he carried, yet yet we ourselves assumed that he had been afflicted, struck down by God, and humiliated. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, to chastisement, or the punishment for our well-being was laid upon him and by his wounds you were healed so nowhere in those two verses does it say a few or a, a group or a select it refers to the human race jesus has already taken our sicknesses he's already carried our pains he's already paid for our healing already paid for our forgiveness he's already prayed for our deliverance he's already prayed for our cleansing jesus has done the work he's done the lifting he's done the hard work you guys agree with that has he already healed everybody has he already delivered everybody he did it two thousand years ago right come on wave your hand at me i want i want that'll be the sign of agreement wave your hand at me and all of you that don't have your pictures on the phone. Put your, I want to see your pictures. I don't care if you don't have makeup on. Let me see you and wave your hands at me. Okay. Now, I believe you guys, I believe that, um, that, that the only way we're going to be able to receive what God has already done and what god's will is that the only way we're going to be able to receive it is if we have the same kind of faith that abraham had and let me just give you let me give you an opinion on that okay you know in romans 4 it talks about you know how he believed and he, he didn't consider you know things impossible and all that but when you get to romans 4 21 it says he was fully persuaded that god was able to perform his word okay We've got to get to the place where we are fully persuaded that whatever God's word says, he wants to and will do it if we believe and don't doubt. We've got to get, not God, God's done all of his part. We, as his sons and daughters, as his body, as his bride, right? We have to get to the place where we are fully persuaded 100% persuaded that God can, will, and wants to do whatever his word says. Now, can I get an amen on that? That's on us. That's not on God. He wants us to be fully persuaded. Come on, you guys. So my, my opinion, you guys, on the Bible is that the Bible is the commentary on the Bible. Would you guys agree with that? I know there's lots of commentaries, right? I have... There's lots of commentaries, but my favorite commentary on the Bible is the Bible. And if you want to know the commentary on Isaiah 53, 4, and 5, it's Matthew 8, 16, and 17. And so let's turn there and look at Matthew 8, 16, and seventeen. Okay, you guys ready for this? Now when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, isn't that interesting, don't you wish you knew the word? Does anybody like me, Is anybody like me you wish you knew that secret word? <laughs> I don't think it's a secret word i just think if you believe you have the power and the anointing any word will do you could say scram you could say beat it take a hike go whatever i i just think the word's not important what's important is are you fully persuaded you have the anointing to do what god says you're supposed to do that's the point okay and so he cast out uh the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill. Who, who 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 healed and healed all who were ill. All who were ill. Now you know the word all in Greek is that little word P A S, pos. And you know what it means? All I'm just trying to build a case that it's God's will to always heal. It's God's will to always heal every time, everyone, all the time. It's never not his will. That's why he always heals all. All. You say, well, well, Dan, this person didn't get healed. I'm not talking about what happens. I'm talking about what God's will is. We've got to be fully persuaded what God's will is if we're going to have faith. We've got to reconcile the fact that circumstances in a fallen world where everybody's fear-driven instead of love and faith-driven, we can't get our eyes on circumstances and results. We have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Come on. We've got to choose to believe what His Word says is the ultimate truth and not what circumstances say. He healed them all. Okay, and then this happened so that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet would be fulfilled. Isn't that awesome? This is the commentary on Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He himself took our illnesses and carried away our diseases. You guys hear that? So does Jesus need to heal anybody today? No, he already did it. He took our sicknesses, he took our diseases, he carried them away. He's already taken them, he's already taken them. He doesn't need to take them again. He's waiting on us to believe. Is anybody provoked yet? Well, how do I believe harder? Well, faith comes by hearing. Maybe I'll spend a little more time in the Word. Turn off Fox News. Come on. Maybe spend a little more time in the Word. Turn off the TV. Maybe, unless it's the Chiefs games and you can watch the Chiefs. I give you permission to watch the Chiefs. Other than that, turn it off, man. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Faith comes by hearing. Come on. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So, so, you know, I was raised where we anointed people with oil, and, the, and there was always a tag on the end of every prayer. And Lord, if it's your will. Lord, if it's your will. And they always took it back to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done. He wasn't praying about whether he should heal somebody you guys get this? This is very important what I'm saying. If we don't believe it's God's will, we won't have fully persuaded faith to believe what Jesus has already done for us by his sacrifice. We have to believe it's God's will. You guys with me? Are you guys with me? Rhonda is laying there asleep on the couch. Rhonda's with me with her cat. Huh. And, and so I wanna, I wanna say a few things. If you believe what I'm saying, then you will believe that Jesus died for your physical healing just as much as he died for your forgiveness of sins. And I wasn't raised that way. I've had to wrestle through truth, guys. You know how I got the truth? By spending time in the truth book. I wasn't raised that Jesus sacrifice provided healing and deliverance for me, just like it provided forgiveness and cleansing for me. It's all in the atonement. We can't separate His sacrifice and say, well, this part was just spiritual. and This part was maybe someday in the next life. How are you going to do that when that's not what the word says? So we've made up our own versions of the word instead of taking the word at face value. Christ's sacrifice carries our sicknesses, carries our pain, carries our disease, forgives our sins, cleanses our nature, and heals us. That's his sacrifice. Come on, I want you to hear this. The reason why I'm doing this over and over again is because the majority of you are Nazarenes like me. We didn't hear this growing up. We heard maybe he will, maybe he won't. And it wasn't faith, you guys. It was Russian roulette, it was chance, it was hope, but it wasn't built on an assurance and a foundation. Come on, you guys. It wasn't built on the foundation that this is God's will every time and he's already done it he's already healed us i can hear you all you're all saying well can you get to the next point well i don't even know if there should be a next point um you know there's a word in the new testament called sozo right sozo sozo it's like the d's silent it's spelled sozo but i think it's pronounced sozo Okay, anyway, it's used 300 and sometimes. I'm not not sure the exact count. It is the word, the English translation is save or saved, right? And you know, in every time that that word is used, it's not referring to just forgiveness of sins. That word sozo or saved or saving or save, it always refers to a rescue morally a rescue physically, a safe harbor, keeping one preserved once they're rescued from everything that sin has caused to go wrong. And so the word sozo, or the word save, always includes forgiveness, cleansing, deliverance, healing. It even includes prosperity. Did you know God wants us to prosper? Now, you say, well, what does that mean? He wants us to Have the ability to help others, and not just wants us to be able to help others. Can I get a wave on the hand on that one? Can somebody just agree with me? He doesn't want us groping by in survival mode. You know what's really sparked this thought for me this morning that hit me yesterday like a brick, guys? Because I preached all this a thousand times, okay? But you know what hit me? Most churches I've been to over the last fourteen years. I got to counting up. I've actually been in about 1,370 meetings. Okay, so I have a little experience. I have a little. I have a little experience. Most of the meetings where I go, at least 80% of the congregations are battling some kind of sickness or disease. 80%. Are you guys with me? 80%. Of the hundreds of thousands of people that I've preached the gospel to are battling some kind of sickness or disease. 80%. Now, does that sound like a people that believe Jesus has healed them all? No. It sounds like a people that are hoping he will heal them. Now, I'm not trying to be rude. Come on, you guys. What if... I went to a church and instead of it being 80% of the people are sick. What if 80% of the people were murdering people on a regular basis? What would I think? Like, are you guys even saved? Or like if 80% of the congregation were all sleeping and having sex with their neighbors, wives, or husbands, and I would look at it and say, wait a minute this isn't Christianity. Well, why do we assume that it wouldn't be Christianity if 80% of the crowd are murderers or adulterers, but we accept it as normal that 80% of the body of Christ is sick and diseased? When sickness and disease are just as much of why Jesus died as murder and adultery being dealt with. I mean, do you guys get what I'm saying? How far have we fallen to tolerate things that Jesus paid for with his blood? He paid for it with his blood, man! What's that? I think i just Oh. Where are you at? Right behind you. Okay. Somebody's, somebody's not amen me, but they are talking. Um, and, and so... We've been set free, you guys, from sin and sickness. God's waiting on us to believe. Come on, we need to hate sickness as much as we hate sin. Do you guys agree with that? We we need to hate sickness as much as we hate sin. Like we need to declare war on it. Are you guys with me? Come on, I feel like I'm losing some of you. I don't wanna lose you. Okay. And so how do you know, how do you know, Dan, that you're right? How do you know you're not wrong? Well, I wanna read a couple verses, Hebrews 1.3. Hebrews 1.3, let me read that one. It's a good verse. Hebrews 1, 3, it's talking about Jesus here, and it it just says, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. And when he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So that verse simply says Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Okay, you guys with me on that? He's a, he's a replica. That's why it says in John 10:30 that Jesus says, "Me and the Father are one." Or that's why it says in John 1:18 that no one has ever seen the Father except the Son, who's in his heart and makes him known. Or that's why it says in John 14:9, "Me and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Right, and I can go on and on through the epistles. If you've seen Jesus, that's what God's like. Are you guys with me? If that, If you wanna know what God's like, it's Jesus, because Jesus is God in the flesh. We couldn't understand what God is like until he became one of us. Now we can understand what God is like. Come on, we can't look at a cloud of lightning and thunderbolts and fire and know what God is like. But we can look at Jesus and he says, if you see me, that's what I'm like. Okay, you guys with me? Come on, that's the whole point I'm trying to make. And so if Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. What did he do as a lifestyle? Let's look at Acts 10. Look at Acts 10, verse 38. It's one of my favorite go-to verses. You ready? You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. That's very important, you guys. He couldn't have done anything unless the anointing of the Holy Spirit was on him. Come on. This is important. This is very key. We can't do what Jesus has called us to do without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. You can't do what Jesus is asking you to do without his power. That's why it says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you in Acts 1.8. You can't do the works of Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? Come on. Wave your hand at me. Okay. And how he went around doing good. So what did Jesus go around doing? Good. You know what I've heard people say that don't believe it's God's will to heal, that don't believe He's already purchased our healing on the cross. You know what I hear people say? Oh, God uses sickness to make you holy. God, God's doing that. You need to know God's allowing that because He's trying to teach you to depend on Him more. No, no, you don't. You don't understand, Dan. You're 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 not believing the truth. It, god doesn't always heal i mean i've heard thousands of things you guys when you've done this many meetings and you believe in the power of the spirit you hear a lot of backlash okay and they don't ever say it to you in public they always catch you in private after you've ministered for four hours and you're exhausted and then they try to talk you into being balanced and sensible in your approach okay i've had it a thousand times and none of their comments are based on the life of jesus they're based on the circumstances they find themselves in this is important what i'm saying you guys jesus went around doing good i've actually heard christians say that healing is of the devil i've heard christians say that healings of the devil those are false signs and wonders. God doesn't heal anymore. He's sovereign. What? Anyway, I've heard a lot of stuff, okay, guys? So I've got a little fire in my belly right now. I'm not mad at anybody on this Zoom call. You guys are actually the brave ones that are willing to get on the Zoom call with me now, which is makes me think either we're all deceived or we're all on the right track, amen? And I'm gonna choose B. I think we're all on the right track. I think we're pursuing truth. I think we're trying to love from a pure heart and keep our conscience clear so we can have sincere faith i think that's i think that's what this group is all about okay and and so he went around doing good what's that look like healing all what does it look like to go around under the power of the holy spirit doing good healing all healing all And it doesn't say who were sick because God was trying to teach him a lesson. What does it say? Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Is this so simple it's hard? (laughs) Is this so simple that it's hard? (laughs) Why would he go around doing good, healing everybody who the devil was messing with Well, the answer is because God was with him. Now, do you guys believe God's with you? How many of you believe you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? How many of you believe he promised he would never leave you he'd be with you to the end of the age? Come on. How many of you believe that he can't lie? Hebrews 6.18, he can't lie. How many believe he's gonna finish everything in you that he started? Philippians 1, six. How many believe you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Philippians 4.13. How many believe the word? All of you do, that's why you're on the Zoom. Okay, so we all believe. We all believe. Which takes me back. Do we believe with full persuasion or do we still have escape clause in our conscience because we've looked at painful circumstances and we don't wanna be hurt again. And so we say the right words, but our hearts still have a little bit of mixture because of pain and disappointment. I'm trying to provoke us to allow truth to go deeper than any pain or disappointment because it's only the truth that we know that sets us free. And you don't know truth until it gets deeper than your truth. The only way you know truth is you allow it to go deeper than your truth or your reality. I'm saying some profound things here, you guys. We're in a a two year swirl of a bug causing the church to be just as immobilized as the world. We're in a two year swirl where the church at large has not been fully persuaded that we're supposed to heal the sick instead of get sick. That's where we're at. Am I right? That's where we're at as a body of Christ. Our hearts are sincere, but our minds are mixed, or we wouldn't be here. Am I right? Come on, let's be honest. I'm talking to us. We're family. And so 2 Peter 3, 9 is an interesting verse. You guys know that verse. It says, it's God's will that none should perish, but all should come to repentance or eternal life, right? God doesn't want anybody to go to hell, right? You guys agree with that? He doesn't want anybody to go to hell, but there's more people going to hell than will go to heaven. So does that change God's will? It's God's will that none should perish. But there's more people going to hell than going to heaven so does circumstances change god's will no he still shed his blood right so that anybody who believed in him could have eternal life right it's still on our end right is it still on our end he's already done his part Do you guys believe jesus has done everything he can do is he waiting on us to do what he gave us power to do amen i'm building a case here can you guys tell i'm building a case matthew 10 1 you guys know it's one of my go-to verses jesus called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them power and authority over every demon and to heal every sickness and every disease now you guys believe we have that same power and authority as disciples today i want to ask you that how many believe we have the power over demons sickness and disease so if we lay hands on someone should we be afraid that the sickness is coming into us or should we believe that the healing is going into them can it go both ways at the same time it all comes down to what we believe you guys as a man thinketh in his heart so he is right you can you can confess with your mouth, but it has no power unless you believe in your heart. Your heart is the depth of who you are. It's the core of who you are. And if you lay hands on someone who's sick, you guys, come on, if you lay hands on someone who's sick and your conscience is clear and your faith is sincere and your motivation is love, there is no way sickness can come on you if healing's coming out of you. It's not possible. Yet every church has hand sanitizer, social distancing, masks, whatever. We all have all this stuff, and we say we believe with an escape clause. We believe, but if God doesn't do what his word says, we got this just in case. Come on. Can, can you see Jesus? cleansing lepers and then asking Peter, hey, where's that hand sanitizer? Give me a break. You say, well, Dan, you're being insensitive. I'm trying to provoke us into truth, you guys, because the only thing that sets us free is truth. And it's truth that leads to truth that leads to truth because it's faith that leads to faith that leads to faith and it's glory that leads to glory that leads to glory. We're not supposed to be taking one step forward and two steps back. Our lives are not supposed to be a country Western song. Our, Our lives are actually supposed to be a representation of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Come on, amen somebody? So Matthew 7, says so as you go preach saying the kingdom is at hand right and then it says heal the sick raise the dead cast out demons cleanse the lepers freely you've received freely give that's matthew 10 7 and 8. so our lifestyles as we go we should be preaching the message of the kingdom and so i want to ask you does, is god sovereign and he just gets his message to everybody or is he waiting on us to preach it That's not a trick question. I understand that creation displays the glory. If you look at the stars, you see there's a God. I get it. I understand Romans one says, nobody has an excuse. I get that, but are they hearing the message of the kingdom by looking at the stars or is Jesus waiting on us to do what he gave us authority to do? Is he waiting on us to preach the message of the kingdom to everyone? So if he's waiting on us to preach, then is he waiting on us to heal the sick people? We can't separate it, you guys. He doesn't heal arbitrarily. He doesn't heal by chance. There's no one person on the planet that gets healed today because God decided, I think I'll heal that person. The only people to get healed are when God is working with someone who's doing what he said to do because he's already healed everybody. He's already forgiven everybody. He's waiting on us to use the power and do what he said to do. Preach, heal, deliver. Do what I gave you power to do, Bonnie. Come on, bride. Come on, my brothers and sisters. I gave you the power go heal him go preach it said well Dan you don't live in my world no you don't live in mine either so let's don't do the comparison game you know start by practicing with your cat Rhonda preach to your cat your cat needs healing come on it says it says in mark 16 you can preach the gospel to all creation. Start with your dog, start with your horse, start with your spouse. Preach the message and believe it, you guys, and heal him, heal him. He's waiting on us, because he's already done it. Amen. Amen. Amen, I'm not yelling. Am I yelling? This is ridiculous, I don't wanna yell. The point I'm making is, he needs us to preach the message, but he also needs us to heal the sick. Because he's already done it. He's waiting on us to do our part now. And if we don't believe he's already done it, and if we don't believe it's his will, we're not going to do it. Is this message coming around full circle can you tell is it coming around you know we all love this verse you guys in um ephesians three twenty. god's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine we love that verse right but most people stop there and if you stop there he does nothing you have to finish the verse which says according to the power that's at work within you. (laughs) God can't do anything unless you believe and cooperate with him and let it flow from you. The power's in you. It's not in some far off lofty heaven waiting to be dumped on us from the heavenlies. The power's been put in every believer's spirit man. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of all of us waiting on us to believe it enough to release it into the lives of those around us that need healing and deliverance and forgiveness. Can I get an amen on that, you guys? Come on, I know it's a broken record, but until we're doing it, I've got to keep saying it. Then we have the pushback, right? Where the circumstance, the person doesn't get healed, the person gets mad, the person talks about you. And so then you have to resist the devil you guys believe that? You have to resist the devil, James 4, 7. Nobody's gonna resist the devil for you. You have to resist the devil. You have to resist the devil. Come on, you guys. Remember I told you last week I got COVID? Well, I ha- COVID tried to get me. Remember I told you the story that my wife had it, and then I prayed for Wes Adams. He coughed on me for an hour. And then the next day I started feeling my sore throat, my congestion, my headache, my achy and all day friday all day saturday all day monday i rebuked it i didn't call it covid i didn't call it a virus i called it a demon i pled the blood i rebuked it i cast it out I re- for three days i stood in faith i didn't accept it you guys listen to me i didn't accept it and monday night a week ago not last night but a week ago i went to preach at this poh meeting for 40 people where i'm leading them through the same stuff i'm teaching you today and about 6:15, we were praying, and I felt it leave my body instantly. All headache, all sore throat, all pain, all achiness instantly left. Haven't had it. The whole time, those three days, my wife said, Take a test, take a test, take a test. I'm not taking a test, I don't have nothing. I'm resisting. Well, you're, you're, you're going to be a super spreader. No, I'm not. I don't have anything. I have the blood of Jesus. Well, you can't go preach. You're going to go preach. I'm not going to spread anything. I don't have sickness. My wife of nearly 50 years, man. Come on. You you need a test. You need a test. I don't need a test. I need the blood. You guys, I'm not putting my head in the sand. I'm trying to believe the word. I'm not preaching this to you guys because I don't have issues. Preaching this because I believe somebody's got to believe it. Somebody's got to believe this. Come on, man. And so the last week, I've had no, I had nothing. I got nothing, man. Why? I stood against it in faith. I resisted the devil. Jesus doesn't have to resist the devil. He already kicked his butt, he already won. Did you guys know he already defeated him? Come on. Colossians 2, 14 and 15, Colossians 2, 14 and 15, Jesus went to hell, disarmed all the principalities of evil, stripped them naked, made a public spectacle out of them, took all of our sins that we'll ever commit nailed them to the cross, disarming them of any power, any authority. Satan has no power. He has no authority. Jesus has already defeated him. And when he comes at you, you know, since he has no power, he has no power and authority. You know, all he has is accusations that if you agree with, turn to deception. (laughs) That's all he has to work with, is his accusing mouth that if you listen to it and don't resist it, it'll get you deceived and you'll buy into a gospel with no power. And you have to resist the devil, you do. Nobody can resist him for you, quit calling people. Stand your ground, plead the blood. Come on, man. It's a fight. How many of you know we're in a fight? Like, we're in a battle. I'm glad oh, Melissa's back. I didn't want her to hear me yelling. Good grief. So what does it look like, guys, to live what I'm trying to do? preach what does it look like it looks like Peter and John at the gate beautiful we don't have what you think we have but what we have we give you in the name of Jesus let me have your hand and they grab a guy and they yank him up from a 40 year paralysis and they don't pray they heal because they actually believe it's God's will every time And he's already done it. And all they need to do is believe in his name. That's what it looks like. And we're never going to have those stories unless we take those risks. I guess that's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? Because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to look crazy. We We don't want people to talk about us. But if love is your motivation, who cares what they say about you? Why do you think Jesus told us to heal people? It's not because he hates them. It's because he loves them. He said, yeah, but we're all going to die. Well, what's the point? Wouldn't you rather die out of pain than in pain? I mean, yes, all physical healing is temporary. I don't have an argument there. But Jesus loved people enough that he liked to heal them temporarily. Come on. I want to be like Jesus. Who wants to be like Jesus on this Zoom? Who wants to be like Jesus? And so Colossians 2.6, it's a pretty important verse. It says, just as you began in Christ, so walk in him. What does that mean? How did you become a Christian? You received it by, by faith, right? You received the grace by faith. Well, then how do you get healed? The same way you received him as Savior, you receive him as healer. It's, you receive the gift by faith. You receive the grace by faith. Colossians two six says, just as you began in Christ, so walk in him. How do you get delivered? How do you get inner healing? How do you he get healed? How do you get prospering? Come on. How do you receive all the benefits of his sacrifice? The same way you received him. By faith in his grace. You don't have to work hard. He's already done the heavy lifting. He just wants us to take him at his word and believe him. Is this good preaching, you guys? Are you guys happy I'm preaching this? Some of you are like, staring at me. At least give me, yeah, now we're not staring. Amen. So to me, it's as simple as believe in your heart. And then confess with your mouth. And so I don't think you need to, like, try to confess all your sins, guys. Because what if you forget one? Think about that. What if you have, like, 10,000 sins and you only confess 9,999? If you forget one, you're still guilty of all of them. So I don't think you need to worry about confessing your sins. I think you need to worry about confessing him as your Lord and receiving the gift of forgiveness, this is important what I'm saying, you guys. This is very important. I I, I think, you know, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. We all know that, right? But the gift of God is eternal life, right? The gift of God. So why don't we forget about all the stuff we've done wrong and receive the gift that erases all that we've done wrong? Why don't we receive the gift of life? It's not just... Death physically, guys, it's death. It's death health wise. It's death financially. It's death in relationships. It's death in confidence. It's death in dreaming. Sin causes death in every arena of our life. But if we receive the gift of Christ, He puts life in every arena of our life. Come on, man. I, let's receive the gift of life. Wow, what a message. I can't believe how pumped I am. I'm getting fired up with my own message. So there's this verse in Matthew 11. Verse 12, you know, it talks about, you know, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? You know what I think it means in this case? What I'm kind of, what I'm focusing on in these Zooms, it means we got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and declare war on sickness. This is important what I'm saying, you guys, because until we're sick and tired of being sick and tired, we're going to stay sick and tired. Until we're sick and tired of being sick and tired, we're going to be sick and tired. And it's time for the body of Christ to no longer be sick and tired. It's no longer okay for 80% of every church to be sick. It's no longer okay. It's time for the bride of Christ to rise up in her power and authority. And if it doesn't start with us, who's it going to start with, you guys? If it's not going to start with us, who's it going to start with? Who else is telling you what I'm telling you? Come on, man. I'm trying to get us to be like Jesus. I'm not trying to get us to fit in and get accepted by men. If we're accepted by Jesus, the right men will accept us. You guys get this? We need to start being angry at sickness just as much as we're angry at sin are all from the devil and that's why Jesus went around doing good <laughs> and he's waiting on a bunch of Christians to go around doing good healing everybody who's oppressed with the devil because God's with us and he said he would never leave us and I think that's a good message I think you ought to take that one Melissa and put that one on the Becoming Love library can I ask you all uh, to consider something I said I, I we're gonna we're gonna have a time of prayer so just re- relax let me give you one more verse let me give you one more verse I feel like I'm supposed to give you one more verse it's first John 2 2 the Lord just highlighted it. it it just talks about he's he's the propitiation for our sins but not ours only but for the sins of the whole world what does that mean he's already forgiven us his verdict is mercy Mercy triumphs over judgment, come on. I am fully aware that if the book of Revelation is true, which I believe it is, that when Jesus comes back here shortly, in a few short years, he's gonna kill maybe up to 7 billion people that refuse to accept his gift of life. Did you guys hear that? Jesus himself is going to kill three-fourths of the human race because they refuse to accept his gift of life and he has to destroy sin once for all. But until then, he's forgiven all of us. Now's the time of mercy. Now's the time of grace. That's why we need to be healing like we've never done before. So people will want to know, well, who healed me? Well, it was the power of Jesus who gave his life for you. And he wants your life. And now's the time. Now's the time. Amen? Amen. Lord, we've got to go from glory to glory. We do. It's time. It's time for us to walk in the fullness of what you designed us for. This is your idea, Jesus. This is your plan. This is your dream. And so, Father, I pray an impartation of tenacity. I, I pray an impartation of persevering faith and love that we will never understand the word quit ever again. We will never get offended at circumstances and life ever again. We will be we will grab a hold of you, Jesus, and we will not let go until we see you return. And so I pray that impartation of tenacity. persevering love that we will never leave the wrestle of truth and we'll go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory Lord give us courage to command sickness and demons to leave give us courage to do it the way you said it And and we'll receive the gift so we can freely give it in Jesus name Amen